Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, where wealth strategies and investment wisdom collide, featuring your distinguished host and certified financial planner, Bart Zanbergen. Welcome to our show of wealth makers and dream makers. We are thrilled to be back in studio today with a new episode of the Zanbergen Report. As your host, I'm proud to bring you the movers, shakers, and difference makers who are passionate about sharing what they have learned and what they need to know today. Today, I'm pleased to welcome back in studio my trusty partner, Letitia Bourbon. Hey! Fish, welcome back. Paul, nice to see you again. I love that new opening. I just thought uh, it, it summarizes so well what it is that you do. Worked wealth makers and, and dream makers. You're both of those. That's right. That's right. And speaking of wealth makers, we are going to continue our conversation on last week's discussion of the Secure Act. Super, super sexy, but we're going to do it anyway. Yes. yes. Um, so I'm going to let Letitia kind of summarize what we talked about last week and then preview what we're going to try to finish up on this week. Yeah, I think that's great. So um, again, the Secure Act was a last minute deal passed December 20th, 2018. So what does that mean? Not a lot of people are buzzing about it yet. And so you're going to start hearing it more in the news and you're going to hear about it in the paper and people will start talking about it as they start to learn more. So that's why we want to make sure that we are here um, to you guys right in the very beginning of the year with updated information. So you guys have good decision. Um, you have information to make good decisions. So um, the definition of the SECURE Act is setting every community up for retirement enhancement. That's the definition. And if it actually does that, not sure. But Did that's you come up with that yourself? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I didn't. That was the Department of Acronyms in Washington. Yeah, they've got some Big good Big department, ones. yeah. They've got some good ones. I, they go by some acronym. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, one of the things that it's a big one. So if you're getting ready to, um, you've already maybe retired or going to retire and you're around the age of 70 and you've worked um, for a traditional employer, you have this thing, it's called a retirement plan. And at some point in time, you have to take an RMD, which is a required minimum distribution. And we talked about it last time, so I don't want to go into too much depth. But before, you had to take the money. Wait, that's us, Paul. What age, Paul? What's the old age? <sighs> you can put me on the spot. All right, so the old age was you had to take it out 70. And uh, half. Half. And now it's 72 and a half? No, just 70, 72. Just 72. Okay. You can wait to take it to 72. Good, Paul. Yeah, Good. which is great. So, um, But some, you know what you did? You led me to uh, call up my financial, my little accountant, and uh, oh, go that's through. Oh, right. Because had I, had a, I had an amount, a little uh, inheritance, a small amount. Yeah. And uh, I was just going to take the whole thing out thinking that, Hey, you know, I I don't have to face. Or I was actually holding. You were trying to defer it. Yes, I was trying to defer. I'm sorry. Your inherited IRA. And uh, what did you, you find out? You made me. Yeah, he said. Well, yeah, they're supposed to have told you this. And, <laughs> <laughs> Yay, we were right. You were right. Yeah, I love it. That's great news. So even they didn't. Nobody notifies you of these new laws. That's the whole point. No. They're supposed to, but they Correct. don't. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I'm going to give you guys a date. Write this down. July 1st, 1949. If you were born prior to that date, July 1st, 1949. Don't look at us, Tish. You are still... <laughs> Don't look at anyone else in this room here. <laughs> You're still subject to taking your RMDs no later than April 1st 
of 2020. So that's this year, guys. And RMD is? Required minimum distribution. There you go. So that's no acronyms there. We're trying to get away from them. So yeah. born before 1949, 78 and a half rule applies. Correct. Okay. Yeah, so that's the date. We're going to have it on our website. Paula, if you're listening, this is the date you want to put on here for someone to reference later on. And so you guys can go back to, if you want, like the cliff notes, this will be part of it. Um, it's just one of the things that you'll want to know. Uh, another really cool thing is you can now, we didn't talk about this last time. We kind of just went big picture and kind of um, dived into details. But I just want to make sure you know, so um, retirement accounts that count, for example, would be like a 401k, a 403b, a 457, and traditional IRAs, so, or rollover IRAs. There's a lot of names, but if I rattle off one of the acronyms that you're like, oh, that's me, then this applies to you. See, some of those names come from the the Department of Numbers, not from the Department (laughs) of Acronyms. Right. There's quite a few. It's a lot to get. It's confusing, but you can always just, just so you know, you can always reach out to us and we can help you. And I, we know we have clients that listen as well. So we talk about this with our clients of up, updates and changes. And you should always bring this up to your CPA and advisor just to make sure that you're on track when you're doing things appropriately. Like Paul here, he had to go and find out for himself because yeah. he heard from us and then he should have been doing it the whole time. We just so. say Paul. Thousands, thousands, and thousands of dollars. This show's free yes. for the next year. Here. Yes. Yay. I have that on record. Pull and make a note again. <laughs> um, another thing is you can do now with the new changes is you can contribute to your traditional IRA after age 70 and a half. So, which is really cool. It allows you to continue to contribute before. Now say that again because I never, I thought once these things you got to 70, you were done. It's all just yeah. withdrawals. Correct. Because. I say all the time, lucky us, we're going to live to be 95. The The good news is we're going to live to be 95. The bad news is we're going to live to be 95. <laughs> you know, so, and some of us are going to still be working into our 70s or whatever, and we'd love to continue to contribute tax-free for a later day. See, I love this. Paul's getting all excited about our show today. I'm loving this. I'm loving it. So, yes. It may not be sexy, but it's the kind of really important stuff that nobody talks about. I'm the nerd that gets really geeked out about this. And I love, I'm like, hey, we're just saving you money or giving you more tools in your toolbox to play with. So, that makes me happy. Do you, like, stop people at the supermarket line and start telling them about the SECURE Act or something? I mean, don't make me me tell you about our Uber driver. (laughs) I do. I do. I actually do. Oh, my goodness. Because I want to serve and help people and so that's a story for another day paul (laughs) we're gonna keep on going we're gonna keep on going so yes paul you're right so you can contribute to your traditional ira after you are 70 and a half and that's beginning 2020 tax year so it's really cool well when would you have to start taking out at 72 then yeah, RMDs, you have yeah. to start oh, taking see. out so at you 72. Could, you could be taking some out, but if you wanted to be, and the reason I guess I'm thinking is because you were living longer, you want to be deferring the taxes for some reason if you're still working. and Yeah, like exactly. You might have a lower tax bracket. And this is not a change, but on the long of the same lines is letting you know, like if you are not the owner or 5% owner of the company and you're just employed and you're like, hey, I don't want to retire yet. I want to keep on working for X amount of years. You don't have to take your RMDs from your 401k is you're still working it past the 72. So I didn't know that either. Yeah, it's still a part of the rules and it, but that's no change. That's always been there. It's always been there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
So anyway, why, why does nobody ever tell me any of these things? I don't know. You never knew us before, I, maybe. I, that's it. I was going to say you had the wrong advisor. I know. Paul, I was going to say Paul wouldn't even change advisors. That's clear. That much is clear. We're already giving you some great advice. I love it. I love it. Half the people out there are nodding, going, "Yeah, yeah." Exactly. They're not, they're not with you. They should be. All right, go ahead. Exactly. Okay, so the next big change is they call these inherited. Um, retirement accounts, sometimes people call them stretch IRAs. They have a lot of different nicknames, but something to know is there's been a big change there as well. We talked about it last time, but just to go through it quickly is at, um, so Paul, what's your wife's name? Jan. Jan. So, um, you say you have a retirement account and at, and you pass away, it goes on to Jan. Jan can still continue to take RMDs based on her life expectancy. But after Jan passes away, what's one of your children's names? Uh, Vanessa. So say Vanessa. I'm, I'm not saying that this is their their specific deal, but just I'm as an example. I'm nothing. I'm eating it all up. Go ahead. Yeah. So but say say that say there's like ten dollars in the account, and right. when when um, Jan has passed away, and so Vanessa is now inherited. So this money of $10, she will have only 10 years to take all of the RMDs oh, out of her right. account. that's right. They're forcing you to take it out too. So, Correct. So uh, under current things, you could, uh, over your life You period, can stretch it. Yes, but the stretch is now gone. And right. It's, it's a compressed time period. Because why? Because they want to get you to pull it out and they want their taxes now. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Now, the thing is, it's not so. So this is great. We have a, we have a client that I spoke with the other day and um, his unfortunate family member passed away the very end of the year. And we opened an account and rolled the funds in. And I got to share the great news that he was grandfathered in mm-hmm. and you just made it. And this, exactly. So the stretching was able to maintain for his lifetime. But anyone starting from January 1st, 2020 will know longer get that stretch now for my daughter that may not mean much but for many of your clients somebody's going to inherit millions of dollars now you're forcing them to take it out over a 10-year period yeah that's a much higher tax burden i would think than if they could spread it over 30 years 40 years whatever something exactly but here paul here's the thing is i'm not going to tell you the secret right now but there's already <laughs> there's tools i'm not going to yeah. tell you there's already tools in place to be able to if you have a situation we could talk about another show that help you make sure that um, you can implement tools to be able to, to maintain your family so legacy. This would fall under advanced planning, which we don't uh-huh. have time for today, Correct. but there are some okay. Stay so tuned. Those multi-million dollar IRAs. Stay tuned, folks, because yeah. there's, yeah, right. How do you like that for a tease? I'm learning. Yeah, all this there you go. See? Yeah. Podcast game. <laughs> Good. Stay tuned. You'll hear more later. Okay, cool. All right. um, so that's kind of the summary. Of what we talked about all of last time. So that we was have a some, long summary. It was half the show. Yeah, well, you know, it's still really, really important because if you don't get it, you you know now. Um, so that's the most most important part. So there's also some additional um, changes. So there's a new adoption and birth expense um, that's been able to be written into the law. So the law now allows penalty-free withdrawals from retirement plans for birth or adoption expenses up to $5,000 limit, which would apply per parent, including those who have adopted the child. So that's really cool. So basically, if you're a couple, you guys can take out $10,000 from your retirement accounts as long as you guys both have separate accounts in your own names. Um, You know, pros and cons, I'm a big fan. If you have retirement accounts, leave it for retirement. Big, big fan. But 
good to good thing to know is you can still take the money out, ten um, percent tax penalty free. But whenever you take money out of a retirement account, you still have to pay the taxes because you have deferred them over time. So mm-hmm. there's still a tax portion that you could pay. What do people usually take the money off? I would think uh, house or health. Yeah, house, health, uh, and education. For, so and education, so right, those yeah. are some of the ones that, but now there's just one more. So that's kind of a, a cool little extra ad that we like. Um, also, uh, Bart, do you want to add anything else so far? Or do you want me to just keep on going? I think you're on a roll. Okay, cool. Okay, great. So, fun, fun, fun. If you are part-time and you're working part-time, there's a new rule that's affecting you. So if you are working part-time and you have worked at least 500 hours for three consecutive years, you are now eligible. 500 hours in a year? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. For three consecutive years, you're now eligible for a 401k plan. So this might not qualify for a lot of you, but there's some people that work part-time and they a lot of times they get excluded from the employer benefits because they don't work enough hours to be able to qualify. So this is one way for the government to be able to try to encourage people to save for their retirement and not just rely on Social Security. As Can I ask we all a really know, dumb question? Pension plans have And gone I should down. know this, but I really don't. Maybe others like me don't. What's the difference between an IRA and a 401k? IRA is an individual retirement account. Yes. And that's something usually your employer sets up for most people, although you can do self uh I don't know what the word is, but you can set one up for yourself under something. Is that what a 401k is? It's just a self-directed IRA? Good, Bart. So, Paul, the difference is an IRA is set up by an individual. Mm-hmm. Right. And a 401k is set up or sponsored by an employer. Correct. Ah. So, so the very, opposite of what you said. The opposite of what I said. So very yeah, similar, was very similar in the tax deductions. However, a 401k has a much higher contribution limit than Correct. an IRA as well. Yes, so two different, and and then I know there's other ones out there because you threw this other four fifty seven four Roth IRA and all these other crazy ones. How roughly how many other variations on a theme are there here? Dozen. Yeah, there's really? there's that quite many? a few. Yeah, yeah there's a, there's a lot of options. Depends on if your employer offers it, and because um, you only hear, ever hear those two. You set yeah. up an IRA. I guess which is a personal choice. Yeah. And then you set up or your company if you're employed by somebody else quite often offers a 401k usually in lieu of instead of paying you a fixed retirement income for the rest of your life like they did in my dad's era and it depends like if you work for a government agency they don't call it a 401k they call it a 403b so it's similar (laughs) just to be different (laughs) just to be different and then there's 457 so there's a variety of retirement plans depending on your employer so you don't really have to worry too much about the different plan options. A lot of times, I'm going to go and tell my wife, you. we don't have to worry too much. <laughs> Letitia told me, we don't have to worry. Saving. I didn't say about saving for it. <laughs> about saving for it. Wow. I feel better already. No. But there's incentives for small business owners. That's another new change, which is kind of cool. Okay. Good, good and bad. Tell me that. I'm a small business owner. Okay. There we go. So, what they want to do is they want to be able to provide more 401k retirement plan options for employees so say do you have an employee paul no no okay well part-time my part-time employees i'm not a full-time okay those are still employees or if they work 500 paul listen to this if they work 500 hours for three consecutive years you now have to provide them an option to participate in a 401k you have to okay yeah 
So see how I flip that? Yeah. If you are a participant, you're eligible and you get to, and then as an employer, now you are obligated. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So some of the other incentives are um, basically they want to be able to make it easier for employers to give 401k as an option. So now they're going to be able to have people um, create groups together and be able to offer 401k plans as like groups, um, different company owners together to try to reduce their costs. To be I, able never, to I make never that heard of that. So if eligible. there were other businesses like mine, do they have to have some similar business model or just any, I can go down the street and go up and down the hall and say, hey, let's all form a co-op here. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's been clarified yet. No, no. Yeah, it's just an, it's new, so I don't know if they have the regulations on okay. what that looks like. You're throwing on all sorts of interesting tidbits here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Can I ask, here's another dumb Tish's question. Tish's tips. Uh, yeah. Tish's tips? We yeah. should do that every week. Tish's tips, I, I like do. that. <laughs> uh, and we'll end with Tish's tip of the week. That would be a cool idea, actually. Um, I know the government spends a great deal of time and energy, and they must think they are explaining this and sending it out to the public. Yet I'm going to guarantee if we walked up and down the hallway of this office building today and this office tower that we're in, not one person would know about what you're talking about here unless they had their financial advisor was sharp like you guys and just gone through it. But by themselves, I don't think most people are well informed about this. Um, do they go through any great effort to explain all this or do they just publish the rules and then hope there's somebody like you to interpret and explain this stuff to it? I think... I'll- I think a lot of people will start to get the information or bits and pieces as people like us advisors start mm-hmm. to write about it, talk about it, and educate people. Because clearly the media used to play a role, but the media they has will. shrunk. And the, yeah. you know, we don't have as many business publications, for example, or business channels like this. They still will. This, you're going to still hear it, but you have to subscribe to them. Right. So the business channels are definitely starting to... It to highlight some of this i did read about that right after your show you you beat them to it but yes. i read in some publications um, online big article secure i said ah i know what that is now here yeah and i think also um i don't know what the percentage of people who are employees versus self-employed but a lot of the employees are are counting on their employer mm-hmm. to to yes. communicate because a lot of these are from um Based on employer-sponsored plans, but I and I don't know Ooh. the number, but I'll bet that the number of self-employed people or partly self-employed people, the the gig economy world is growing, and the number of of employed people, I would dare say, is probably going down. I'm going to be proof of that, but that's my feeling. Yeah, I'm sure you're right. Something interesting to add, um, you know, Bart and I differ on this, but something. Uh-oh, okay, di- <laughs> food fight. All right, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. Ready. So there is. Um, there's a new provision that allows annuities to be sold on 401k platforms. And um, say that again. So they sell it as part of a 401. Mm-hmm. If you if I have a 401k from my employer, I can buy an annuity, not just stock or Correct. bonds or whatever I could Correct. buy previous. Correct. This. Yeah, there's new provisions that will allow. It's like, giving you the evil eye. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. Yeah. They can offer annuities as part of your 401k. So like they have done in 403Bs. Correct. Okay. Now they're offering it in 401k. Okay. 403Bs, what, the uh, government one again? Is the, gov- is the um, what's well, not even, yeah, I guess it's mm-hmm. public, mm-hmm. public school employees teachers, or mm-hmm. public employees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you could buy, and you, they're, they're giving something else you can buy with that 401k other than stock. Stocks and bonds, mutual and bonds, funds. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's actually like instead of working with, um, 
you can still buy those. Actually, you can buy a lot of the same instruments, but um, think of it as a different tool. Instead of working with an advisor like us, you can work with an advisor like us, and then instead of maybe having an account at Schwab, you can have an account with an annuity company. I wish you would do another show on annuities because annuities used to be a hot topic in my father's era and they seem to have gone cold. And I don't know if that's a real strong reason yeah, for that. Or, I don't know. Uh, you don't have to deal with it right now, but I'd love to hear about annuity. I know there's another non-sexy topic, but raise your hands if you want to hear annuities. I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it. Because um, the, the idea is that they produce income. You know, there's right. some insurance yeah. aspect to it and then it and that's what I'm interested in. And so many of us, as we retire, I, I'm interested more in the income for life because I don't yeah. get an income for life. I don't yeah. have a pension plan or whatever. We'll put that on the docket. We'll have okay. a show on it. I'm, I'm putting in my two cents for that one. Okay. like it. So um, another thing that um, you're going to see probably a lot more annuity marketing is because under the SECURE Act, there's actually some new laws that are going to allow a level of exemption for some of the fiduciary requirements on the employer. So um, they haven't like really written out all of the details on that, but just letting you know, just be slightly um, cautious as they, you know, we're trying to figure out what all the details look like. But so the employer just jump in there, doesn't have to have the same fiduciary responsibility to give you all these warnings or tell you stuff here. In uh, some aspects, some level of exemption. It's what they're they're talking about. So wow. again, we're waiting for all the official rules and regulations to come out. I don't want to say that that's a, like a um, all the details. On all it, the more reason people compliance. have to tune in each and every week <laughs> to this show because it's a moving target. It really is. Well, you know. So the thing is, is what happens is they pass these laws and then they go back and say, "Okay, great. What does that actually mean? And how are we going to make all the details?" work you know or the lobbyists get involved and start right. tweaking it or the exactly. courts get involved and start interpreting it yeah. exactly so right. there's modifications after the fact but yes that is that is one of them um bart i keep on going you're yeah and you're um you're almost out of, out of time yeah keep okay going. okay great okay i'm gonna just keep on going <laughs> he's so, happy to let you just run with i know i know exactly okay so another thing is the 529 plans have changed so you have new provisions with 529 plans so what, what's Bart, a 529 what's Don't 529 plan so a 529 plan is a uh, an account special specifically set up for those who want to fund for higher education. Oh, yes. Higher right. education means beyond. We did a show on those a long, long time ago. People yeah. setting aside money for their kids' uh, education. There's some way to do this. You should do a show on that because that's another. I never heard anybody talk about that one. We only ever did one show on that years ago. Yeah. So uh, there's some nice benefits. Money grows tax, technically grows tax deferred. If it's used for higher education expenses, the money comes out tax free. Mm-hmm. So really, really cool. Yeah, so the two new changes. Uh, there was a change last year with 529 plans in general. You were able to take up to $10,000 um, for lower education. So before it used to only be higher education. What I mean by that is college years and beyond. Then lower, this is not the SECURE Act. This is just a FYI a change. Right. Last year, then you can go to private school and your kids are in elementary school. They can take up to $10,000 per child Um for it's gotten expensive in that. these private Correct. schools. Oh my yes, goodness! Exactly. I'm, I'm a good Irish Catholic. We were trying to talk about my little grandson going to first grade until I found out it's te- it's a thousand dollars a month to go to first grade at a Catholic school here locally. I know. Well, hey, here's back a good thing. As a grandparent, yeah, you have, public, right? Do you have grandkids? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. One grandkid. And we started thinking, perfect. I, I I went to Catholic school as a kid, and I thought, well, all right, maybe we'll you know encourage our daughter to send her to Catholic school. Ain't wrong. 
So oh if goodness. you had a 529 plan and you wanted to give your grandchild $10,000, you can now pay towards a loan. Say they were in school and they had a loan. You can now pay in their behalf up to ten thousand dollars from the five twenty wow. from their five two nine plan. So tax free money to pay off another show alone. Another show five two one. There's, that, a, there's one. But that's part of the secure. About. But that's part of the secure act. So that's brand new. Okay. Brand brand new. So um, I'm feeling more secure already. Just yeah, listening to this show. Yeah. Right. You're so funny. You're hysterical. You guys are laughing at me. I feel like I'm well, just saying. Well, you're all so this, excited about it, and you should I'm because nerdy. there's a lot in here. Right. <laughs> so on the way here, I was on. I was talking to a, a colleague, and he was he was going on and on about his new Tesla, and what he loved about his <laughs> Tesla um, is that he could work while he was driving. So. He had his yes. laptop. He could do all those things because the car was on uh, Sort of take your drive. hand off a little bit. But yeah. you had every once in a while, he says, every once in a while, if you're on the freeway going around 70, about every minute you have to touch the steering wheel let it know that you're still there. Oh, oh my okay. gosh. If you're stuck in traffic, you can go three or four minutes. That's me today on this show. <laughs> I'm, I'm touching the steering wheel like every couple of minutes. I'm back, your new Tesla. on autopilot. And guess what? We just reached our destination. I'm fresh. I've got a lot of work done. You didn't have to drive. <laughs> so yeah. great. Wait, I have two last little tidbits. Right, real quick. Oh, you got to go wait, fast. Wait, I got this. Okay, wait. What counts as income? Two more things. One thing to know, now they're saying stipends and non-tuition fellowships now count for income for IRAs. We don't know anybody oh, that's that good. does those. No, no, no. This that's is a really good thing. Yeah. So if you are going to medical school and those, te- those doctors make you stay your fellowship for like a year mm-hmm. say that you're there for like a year or two and you're working you're like hey wait what is this income I'm getting I, I don't, I'm not able to contribute to my IRA now you can so okay. this allows them to kind of save towards their retirement and kind of help out and then the last thing is um, also foster parents will allow um, difficulty of care for payments now count as income so anyway, hmm. throwing that out there is there's some new changes. And that's a good one because I actually am, well, there's another show someday. I, I, my daughter was from foster care. So we adopted out of foster care and there's not enough provisions to help provide in, incentives for people to adopt the half a million kids that have nowhere to go. Hmm. And now they have, the, like I said, in two provisions here, they have for, for children for that. Good for them. Yeah. All for that. Yeah. So I'm putting my hands back on the stool. I'm, <laughs> okay, o- I'm, I'm taking over the, the show. Those are all the facts. <laughs> all right, Letitia, thank you so much for running the show today. Those were really, really, really good points. Um, and there's, as I think as time goes on, we're going to continue to talk about this, not as specifically as we have over the last couple of weeks, but we do have an attorney guest coming in in about a month, I believe, and we're going to get dive into the estate planning portion a little mm-hmm. bit more. So mm-hmm. this will be ongoing. Thank you for all your help, Paul. Thank you. Thank you for everyone who has tuned in, and we look forward to being in studio next week. Cheers. Thank you. Tune in next week for the latest edition of the Zanbergen Report, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Catch up on our recent shows by visiting bartzanbergen.podbean.com. The Zanbergen Report is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Interested in being a featured guest on our show or have a question you'd like to hear us answer? Email podcast at bartzanbergen.com. Bart A. Zanbergen, CFP, and Letitia Burbaum, AIF, are registered investment advisors with Optivist, Inc., and registered representatives with Gramercy Securities, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered by Optivist, Inc., under SEC registration.